Hello and welcome back to Tachikawa. You are listening to Sakamichi Nights. My name is Matthew Boynton. I am joined, as always, by Daniel Bellamy. How are you, Dan? Hey, I'm great. Glad to be here. Are you super pumped and excited for this, our 99th episode, Spectacular? Yeah, everybody always celebrates the 99th episode, and that's what we're doing. That's right. It's a big one. It's a milestone. There's nothing like celebrating just slightly too early in the Sakamichi way, and we thought, what better way could there be to celebrate than by inviting back our two co-guestingest guests, so, I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Mac and Tyler. How are you both? I'm fine. You're fine, Mac. That's good. Tyler? Tyler's gone very quiet all of a sudden. Mm. Could it be that he hasn't bothered to show up for this recording? I mean, now that you mention it, it is rather embarrassing. Uh, I don't want to cause more editing uh, troubles for you than you normally have when you try to assemble the shambles that have been the last 99 episodes of Mm -hmm. this podcast, but can you engineer some tumbleweed noise to blow through at this point? I can certainly give it a go, yes. Um, So, Mac, how does it feel to be seizing this crown back just solely for yourself? You You must be very excited. In the words of... Uh, many an Oscar winner. First of all, I'd like to thank Jesus. Yeah, yeah. My choreographer. Also couldn't be with us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> my stylist. Yeah, many people who are not here. Uh, and to them, I raise a glass of delicious, delicious Sakamichi beer. It is a real honor, actually. Uh, it's been something I've looked forward to coming down here uh, from central Tokyo to Tachikawa to, to be with you guys. So thank you again for inviting me. And uh, Tyler, if you're listening, we don't know if he is. He might be very upset. If he's upset. even still alive. Then uh, I'm sorry. You don't the, look very sorry, I have to say. No, I, I just said those words because that's the way I was brought up. But I'm not sorry at all. No, we all know that uh, you're a very competitive man. You couldn't wait to uh, seize back, uh, to sit back in this throne, to really mix these metaphors. But, uh, would you even go as far as to you know, deliberately engineer some kind of foodborne illness for Tyler to prevent him from attending the recording tonight. To be Who clear, knows? to be clear, this is all Tyler has said to me uh, since he told me he was too sick to come in. He's basically been laying the blame at your feet. And he's like, I don't know how he did it, but it's possible that Mac has poisoned me in some way. We're just asking questions here. Yeah. Listen, you know, I wasn't in Wuhan in the late 2019 and I was nowhere near... Uh, East Tokyo, where I understand Tyler resides, Mm. uh, either. You can't place me in any of these mysterious disease-filled locations. You know, I I say all is fair in love and pod. And when you play the game of pods, you win or you die. And Tyler has chosen the latter option. So congratulations, Mac, um, currently sitting atop a throne of skulls as the guestingest guest of all time. It is an incredible feeling and the although slightly uncomfortable the skulls have naturally elevated me to the height that i deserve Mm. sitting atop t money tyler skulls not an ideal furniture building material 
but yeah. um, then we, we, we don't make all the choices that we that we want to make in life. Sometimes we just have to play the hand we're dealt. I'm doing a lot of metaphor mixing today, Dan. It's great. Yeah. It's good. This is what I expected, the 99th episode. Yeah, exactly. Just it's keep, ni- keep going. 99 episodes worth of okay. mixed analogies. They're, they're all coming out. Can tonight. I jump in here? Yes, please Tyler do. may have been poisoned by intimidation and become sick with fear. Ooh. And that's why he stayed home. I mean, How's when that? He, when, How am I doing? When he saw the Throne of Skulls, that was the only option right. for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move on briefly. Mac, how the devil are you? How have you been recently? I have been very good. Uh, obviously, the highlight of 2023 is sitting here right now. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, my day job, as it were, is tourism. I am a tour guide and tourism is back. Great. In Japan, uh, uh, in, in numbers not seen since 2019. Hmm. Good for you. Has any of this tourism made its way down to Tachikawa? Uh, no, not a really a hotbed of tourist activity out here, is it? Yeah, we don't get a lot of tourists out this way. Um, if only there was some kind of tour guide who could direct people towards this uh, craft beer hotspot. Do you know anyone who guides tours, Mac? Yes, I do. And they have been a little bit remiss, actually, in not bringing some of their guests down this way. But that will be rectified. In fact... Why don't we do some stuff in the coming weeks? Absolutely. We should do that. We should get people in here to drink beer, mm. spend money in our bar. Um, so with the, the return of tourists, does that mean that Kamhai Planet is taking a bit of a break at the moment? It's on hiatus? It is, unfortunately. Uh, my last video was released in January, where I was paid blood money to talk nice things about Nara Sake. Mm. And uh, luckily, the sake was very delicious, so I didn't need to be paid that much. Those diamonds uh, really came in handy. Yeah. Is, is that how it works? You get paid on a sliding scale based on how shit the product is. If it's really bad. <laughs> Look, you're going to need to double this. This is trash. Fantastic, yeah. Uh, but the, notice how no amount of money has been paid for me uh, enough to review any of the beers made here. <laughs> you you have a long promise, though, an Asahi Super Dry video. Is that one on the horizon at any point? It is on the horizon, you can use that tumbleweed noise again that we're going to sub in for Tyler. Um, yes, yeah, so you're absolutely right. Uh, the fact that the day job is back and uh, not making any real money for two and a half years has meant they've had to prioritize that. But that does not mean that the Campi Planet project is over. Uh, we do have a video in the works that I am editing right now Ooh. that will be uh, released relatively soon. And then I'm hoping to resume some kind of normal coverage in the next couple of months. Can you give us a hint or a sneak preview as to what it might be about? Absolutely. Last year, I went down to Kyushu. And in a small town called Hita, there is incredibly, an absolutely incredible whiskey museum. Mm. And I was able to visit it after hours and film to my heart's content along with the founder of that museum and a, a nice episode summarizing my findings will be uh, being released soon. Did you heat uh, that whiskey pretty hard? I see what you did there. Let's put that tumbleweed sound again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of a thousand uses. Yep. You, you know. recently went back to the States as well. Are you, I, I saw, did you go to a whiskey, whiskey festival there? Uh, is a video, are you going to make a video about that or... Like any content coming from that as well? It seemed like you had a good time from what I saw on your uh, Instagram pages. 
I did indeed spend 12 days in the United States of America recently. I spent four days in San Francisco, four days in Las Vegas, and four days in Los Angeles. Mm. And part of the four days spent in San Francisco was attending Fog City Social Mm -hmm. 2023, which is, in my opinion, the West Coast premier whiskey festival. An absolutely fantastic time. And I did film a little bit. And I'm just trying to figure out a nice way to package up that material for people to live vicariously through my adventures and enjoy what an American whiskey festival uh, is like. But nice. it was a really great, a really great event. Sounds like a rootin' tootin' good time. Lots of spittoons, I imagine. Lots of uh, ten-gallon hats, shooting guns into the air. This is what happens in America, right? Yeah, I mean that's a normal, normal Tuesday. You've nailed San Francisco, yes, that's exactly which is how I known it. for exactly those <laughs> things. Now, this being the 99th episode, spectacular. Um, we are pushing the boat out in a number of ways. Firstly, we have back our guesting is guest Mac. Thanks for joining us. Secondly, Dan. You have prepared some content. Yeah, and what? prepared, you know, let's use that term lightly. A hey, red letter day indeed. Uh, let me ask you guys some questions, all right, to set this up. Do you like bubble tea? You know, I don't think I've ever actually had any bubble tea. Let's say yes. Sure, yeah. The answer is yes. Mac, do you like bubble tea? For the purposes of my tourism business, where many of my guests request bubble tea, the answer is yes. Nice. Do you like grape soda? Sure, yeah. Let's say yes. Yes. Yeah, in my case, yes, I do. Do you like Pop Rocks? No. Yes. Let's say yes. Let's assume you said yes to all of those questions. What if I told you I had a beverage that combined all three of those things? What would you say to that? I'd say that's impossible. Only a a madman. Only a madman would combine those three (laughs) things. That's impossible. How would you get the Pop Rocks into the bubbles? Yeah, man. Yeah, you're asking the right questions here. I've brought you on today, Mac, because we need your expert palate. The man with the golden palate is what they call you, I think, generally. I mean, certainly in my own mind, yes. Right. Uh, I have a beverage that combines all three of those things. I actually like this drink. Uh, I drink it sometimes on bike trips. uh, And I've brought it in today to, uh, you know, subject you guys to it. This sounds like a real treat. Uh, should we just get right into it? Let's get right into it. Okay. At this juncture, I should point out that my silence is because I genuinely did not expect this to be coming. For those who think that all of these 99 podcasts have just been contrived, edited, you know, hyper-stylized versions of reality, I want you to know that this is in real time happening right now. This wasn't in either of the script run-throughs that we did earlier. I know, all of the preparation that's done. That's, That's why they get me to come down at 6 p.m. all the time. Yes, um, we, we can uh, feed you with some beers uh, and then we can sit through interminable production meetings where Rudolph, the director, reads out the script to us. Dan is returning from the fridge with a plastic bag. He has a can in it, which is plonking down on the table. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, this drink is called uh, Zelly times sparkling i was trying to figure out what this what that was it uh, is zeddy times sparkling and the flavor is grape grape okay well how very exciting how would you recommend that we approach this do so you have to shake it up first? yes the main thing you have to understand uh, which i didn't do the first time and it's a horrible mistake is you have to shake it uh, how hard do you have to shake or, it I, I would shake it pretty good okay yeah. the can instructions suggest 10 times Okay, let's crank it. 
Are we having a crank session? <laughs> Not yet. Kanpai? Kanpai. Cheers. Planet. First on the nose. On the nose. Get a lot of grape. A lot of grape. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of artificial a grape. A lot of artificial grape. Very good. I will say that before I came to Asia, I had never tasted grapes that tasted like the artificial grape flavor. I don't think we have them in the UK. No. They taste like the purple, the big purple grapes. And yeah. I've never had those before I came. So I was like, why, why does grape flavor stuff taste like this? This doesn't taste anything like grapes. Right. Interesting. There's also, for those of us who have experience drinking jelly drinks, there is a bit of that on the nose as well. Mm. That is a very upsetting experience. <laughs> you have to, it's not, you can't just drink it. You also have to kind of suck some some of the substance out of the to, can. You have to yeah. suck, suck and chew as well. So you say you enjoy this drink. So the only, I don't drink this just every day right. in, the, in the morning. It's but, your um, juice. It's, uh, I drink this occasionally while on long bike rides. Oh, yeah. In the heat, and you stop at a vending machine, and you're sweating and disgusting, and you're climbing up a hill, and this is full of sugar, and it's kind of sparkly and refreshing. And in that setting, yeah. uh, it's perfect. Uh, looking at some of the world's great bike rides, the Tour de France, the Tour de Yorkshire. It would be, they would, like, those riders would have a way better time if they were drinking this. Yeah, is that's... One of Good, the, you're, you're basically up to the fantastic things about those bike rides is um, you get to, like, they have the, the cars that go through beforehand, right, throwing out treats and, and prizes to the audience. That experience would be improved if they were throwing out rock hard cans Chucking of these cans, children. Grape jelly juice. You get the pop rocks, though, there's something yeah, inside there's something the bubbles that's, yeah. that's sparkling a little. Mm. Why do we do a very rough pairing here? This um, goes with everything. Well, let's let's choose some things. Let's wild card it. If you could enjoy this drink with anything at all, what would that be? Mm. That was a big chunk. <laughs> I was really enjoying your face as you drink it. Uh, there, there's never, never been a video, an episode before where I was like, we should have video of this, but this is it. This is the one. It's really interesting, actually. It's quite a struggle, especially as you get kind of halfway down the can to keep... You know, extracting this jelly from the from the uh, from the drink from the mouth hole. Yeah, from the mouth hole. You can't really chug it, can you? It's not really no. a chuggable drink. It's not chuggable, you which leaves choke. you kind of almost getting blue balled every time. You think, "Oh, yeah, I'm kind of getting into this," and then then there's difficulty in actually drinking the thing. You're getting great balled, Dan. Is this the perfect tubing drink? It's a little too exciting to be tubing, mm. to be honest. So I, this I is. Would, uh, this is a high-energy, high-octane drink. What mm. high-energy, high-octane activity would you like to pair it with? I might pair it with whitewater tubing. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That does sound very exciting. Yeah. What would you be listening to as you're whitewater tubing and crushing uh, a can of this? Definitely ACDC, I think. ACDC on, on, the, uh, on the waterproof Discman. Mm. Mac? I'm thinking of clubbing. Right. I'd be listening to some Rotterdam banger. Whilst clubbing this can to death with a long wooden stick. Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely evokes a kind of being back in, uh, being back a lot younger actually, mm. and drinking kind of sweet alco pop type drinks. Mm. It uh, does taste like that, doesn't it? Yes, it, with the sad exception that it is not alcoholic. Is that a way to improve your bike rides? Man, they should make an al alcoholic version of this. They, yes, they Who should. Who makes this? They should do that. 
Let's uh, Dido. Let's get them on the phone. I think I would like to pair this with skydiving. Okay. I think it would be very fun to jump out of the plane and just shake this can up and on the way down have to crack it and drink it. Before, right. before you can open your chute, let's add a note of danger into this. You have to finish the whole can before right. you can open that chute. The fact that you might be drinking it upside down might make it easier for the jelly to actually come out of the can. It would be a fairly extreme experience, I think. It's There's an advertising campaign right in there for this drink. So, Dido, I know you're listening. Um, I will take a personal check for, for that fantastic idea for your next advertising campaign. Have Dido paid you guys to advertise this drink on the podcast? No, I, uh, you know what? I drink it sometimes when I'm cycling. And I've been looking for it in Tachikawa because I'm not going to buy three cans out on a mountain and bring them back here. Uh, so I've been looking for a vending machine around here that sold it. And, uh, like... Surprisingly, it's not widely available. What? That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I finally uh, went down a different street for whatever reason, coming here one day, and I found a machine that had it. Wow. So I picked it up, and it was just in time because I knew we would have you on, and I knew that you appreciate all delicious drinks. Mm. It's definitely on brand because I think it could only be made in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an experience. Um, now let us never speak of it again. Yes, let's let's put that to one side. Why don't we drink something that tastes nice for a change? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, we're here to celebrate beer and, and, and drinks and other and grape drinks. Yes, all kinds of stuff. Absolutely, yes. Uh, it's our 19th episode spectacular. So let the uh, the back clapping continue. Why do we drink another one of our original beers? This is one that I kegged. Today, yeah. Wednesday, so it's absolutely as fresh as it can be. The beer is called Crank Session. Dan, what can you tell us about your Crank Session? I mean, everybody likes a good Crank Session. They I do, think they that's do. pretty, that's fair. Uh, crank Session is a beer that we made in conjunction with Crank Bar in Hachioji. They're good friends of ours. Um, they come into our place a lot and they serve a lot of Sakamichi beer on their taps as well. And they're just generally good people. Uh, they run two bars in Hachiyoji. One is Crank Bar and one is uh, House of Ladybug. So they wanted a beer for an upcoming festival in Hachiyoji. And we were thinking about, uh, you know, just, just that concept. What is a good festival beer? Uh, and we felt like the idea is you're, you're out in the sun. It's probably pretty hot. There's a lot of people around. You want something that's not too heavy because you might drink four or five of them, potentially. You want something that's kind of light and refreshing um, and uh, we ended up making this recipe, which is a 5%, 5.0% hazy session IPA with yuzu juice in it. I think the yuzu juice kind of lightens it up a bit and makes it very refreshing. And uh, given the festival kind of idea, brings it in line with like a, uh, a refreshing fruit kakigori that you might eat on a, on a hot day. So that's the brief. It's uh, a beer designed to be drunk outside on a hot day at a festival. Why do we try a glass and see whether or not we manage to hit that target? All right, we're back. Uh, what is the wildest festival you have been to in Japan? I've been to a few really interesting festivals, actually. I've got to say the uh, Tomioka Hachimangu Festival, okay. which is held in August, is pretty wild. They're carrying Mikoshi portable shrines, which is pretty common. Mm. 
that shrine actually has the heaviest portable shrine in Japan, 4,500 kilograms, but That's they, pretty can't, heavy. they can't That's get insurance heavy. on it to actually take it out. Plus, it's also far too valuable as well. So anyway, they have two other uh, giant mikoshi, uh, which are only several thousand kilograms uh, that they take out, and they spray everybody with hoses of water mm. to keep them cool, which I think other festivals should do because, you know, more than a handful of people actually pass away taking part in these very intense physical activity festivals mm. in our ridiculously hot and humid summer. Who doesn't want to see a soaking wet hundoshi? Exactly. Dan, wildest festival you've ever been to? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really have a history of wild festivals, to be honest. I don't think so. The uh, Scarecrow Festival that we happened across uh, on one bicycle trip was yeah. pretty wild, although in a very different wild way. Wild a terrifying kind of way. one. We were cycling on an island called Amakusa, which is just off the coast of Kyushu. Mm-hmm. Came uh, across a ridge, started going down into a valley, and it looked like there was a really cool summer festival going on. Loads of people, there were races, there were Karen Mikoshis, there was dancing events, all mm-hmm. kinds of things. Only as we got closer did we realize that nobody was moving. And it was when we got closer still that we realized that every single participant in this festival was a scarecrow. They were all scarecrows. There were even scarecrows that were posed making other scarecrows. Uh, there was a small stall of old ladies selling sweet potato fries. There were about 10 actual humans there. That we dared to were doing eat. things. Yeah, yeah. The, the scarecrows outnumbered the humans 10 to 1 easily. Uh, and wandering around that field did feel incredibly eerie, especially if you could see out the corner of your eye sort of the scarecrows slowly turning to watch you walk past them. That was wild in a very different way. This is a beer that we made specifically for drinking outside at yeah, summer festivals, scarecrow festivals, at scarecrow festivals, or whilst being blasted with a water hose. Do you think we fulfilled that brief, Mac? Yes, I do. It was very important that a beer that you make, I think, for a summer festival is sessionable. Yes. That's absolutely key. It's going to be hot. You want to drink a lot of it. And you want to, you know, you, you want the that that refreshment and kind of Moorishness. You know, sometimes that comes from umami and sometimes that just comes from something being phenomenally thirst-quenching. And I think you guys have absolutely nailed it. Phenomenally thirst-quenching. Dan, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, first quenching absolutely. First thirst-quenching. Phenomenally thirst-quenching. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that, um, like you said, you want something light and you want something refreshing. Those are kind of the two points you want to hit for a beer drunk in that kind of setting. And I think this beer nails it. And then I think the yuzu adds to it and gives it something a little bit interesting that makes you want to come back to it again. It's not just like, you know, a light beer. It's not just drinking a Bud Light at a baseball game where, yeah, it's light, it's refreshing, and you can drink a bunch of them. Uh, it actually has, this beer actually has some character that makes you want to come back to it and drink another one. I think citrus is something that a lot, it's very easy to get wrong. I think human beings, we put a man on the moon, we can get a robot to take a selfie on Mars, but artificial citrus, unlike artificial grape, which we know is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely amazing, yeah. Artificial citrus still hasn't quite been nailed by humanity somehow. Those those uh, highs and mm. lemon sours don't quite get it right. But the, uh, you know, and that's tra- that artificialness has kind of traumatized me really with the addition of any citrus to, right. to alcohol, you know. Uh, but you guys uh, are using the real stuff 
and uh, it's absolutely delicious. I think you've got a fantastic balance here. Yeah, pure natural yuzu juice uh, that we added in through the Whirlpool. I will say one thing that the yuzu juice brings to this um, is acidity. Um, the the pH on this finished pretty low for uh, for a standard beer. It's 4.0 pH scale, which is not as acidic as like lemon juice or something, but you can definitely taste that it is slightly sour, mm. sourer than, than a regular beer. Um, but it's not a fruit beer, I think. It doesn't taste overwhelmingly of the yuzu. Mm. You can detect the yuzu, certainly. It smells quite strongly of yuzu, and there's definitely a yuzu taste, but it comes through more in the acidity on the palate for me than in a big yuzu juice kind of flavor. We have discussed off-podcast, which is quite strange for listeners who I can only imagine believe that we only talk when we were being recorded, uh, that I'm actually not a huge fan of the so-called sour beer style. Mm. And so when I did take those first few mouthfuls, I did detect that sourness and I like immediately reacted in Pavlovian fashion thinking, oh my God. Gotta get back to that grape juice. Yeah, exactly. That'll, That'll be what I need to offset some terrible sour beer that I'm about to drink. But yeah, I think this is the first beer where I've detected like, you know, reasonably, you know, full sour notes, but have actually really enjoyed it. So you've done a great job. It's got a little bit of a lot of things. It's got a little bit of fruitiness. It's got a little bit of citrus, a little bit of sourness, a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of haziness. It's got a little bit of a lot of things. No Um, pop rocks though. It doesn't have any pop rocks in it. Maybe version two, we could figure out a way of getting some tapioca balls in here mm. uh, with with pop rocks on the inside. But yeah, for now, I think it came out came out all right, and I think this would be a nice beer to drink on a summer's day, standing outside at a festival. But that sounds to me almost like I'm starting to pair the beer. So why don't we move on to pairings? Uh, every week, I roll this dice, and we choose one of eight different things to pair the beer with. Of course, we can't have the two most recent things that we had. Last week, you weren't here, and I didn't write it down. And the week before that... was wild card. Wild card. So let's just say we can do whatever we want. All right. Let's roll the dice and find out what we're going to be pairing. 99th episode, Spectacular Anarchy. It's chaos. Number one, food or cuisine. So what's it going to be? What uh, delicious grape jelly drink would you like to pair with this uh, crank session. I'm thinking festival food for this one. I got festival on the brain now. One of my favorite Japanese festival foods. It's not traditional in any sense. I don't think it is anyway. I don't know how modern it is, but it's uh, it's hurricane potato. Ooh. Uh, you know the hurricane potato? Yeah, traditional hurricane potato. Sure, everybody likes it. Uh, I like hurricane potato. And, uh, you know, the bonus of hurricane potato is that you could, while if eating it while walking through a crowd, you could stab yourself straight up into your brain. There's a nice you know. peril there. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some there's some danger involved with hurricane potato. It's on a super long skewer, right? Yeah. Uh, at the end of it, you have a weapon if anything goes down at this festival. Uh, but I quite like hurricane potato. But this beer, again, um, you know, it's got a little bit of sourness to it. And hurricane potato, depending on the seasoning on it, you know, it's deep fried. It's got a little kind of umami thing and a bit of salt. Uh, so I feel like that that salt and then that that kind of sourness, they complement each other in a neither one is overpowering. Right. So they're contrasting uh, in a way that is going to make the other one stand out, I think. I think that's a pretty good choice. Um, the thing I really like about hurricane potato is how it exponentially increases the surface area of the potato. Mm. There's a lot of room for sauce on there. 
yeah. and like the, the structure of it also is very it's like a sauce matrix right what sauce are you putting on your hurricane potato? I'm usually a cheese dust guy. <laughs> I know. I know it's it's not, you know, I know that, that nothing near real cheese has ever approached that product. I'll say that I've been in Japan a long time, but the, the, the dustings for hurricane potato are not nearly American enough for my liking. They often have things like uh, butter, butter shoyu, which is not something I want. Um, uh, but they, they often have a, a cheese dusting, which is generally my go-to. Mm. Cheese dusting. I would like a, like a Cajun barbecue thing would be pretty rad with yeah. a bit of heat to it. So that's never going to happen there as well. I think my favorite festival food is those little fish you have to catch with the paper plate thing. Yeah. A, they're great. crunchy Delicious. but very satisfying. Um, I'm also going to go in a festival kind of direction, but um, I'm going to go American for this one. I went to the Friendship Festival at uh, the airbase last year, and for the first time ever had. You'll probably know what the actual name for this is, but like a bag of Cheetos that was opened up and filled with taco fixings. Mm. There's some sour cream, some lettuce, a little bit of uh, ground beef in there, a bit of salsa. It was incredible. Right. Wander around eating that with a pair of chopsticks or feeling wild, just tip the whole thing into your mouth. Right. Uh, and that is likewise a real interesting melange of flavors. You've got a little bit of everything in there uh, and that would pair quite well with a little bit of everything beer that is the crank session. Mm. Nice. Mac, do you have a favorite festival food? I do. It's yakisoba. Okay. Traditional but, choice. But I don't think that would be the pairing I would go for. So I think we're thinking along the, the same lines, Dan. Mm. I would go for karage. Mm-hmm. Karage that has a little drizzle of lime on it. Ooh. So complimentary. Not contrasting right. so much, but again, that fried bit of salt, little bit of slightly different citrus, I think would really go nicely with mm. this. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You're really doubling down on the citrus. I'm going all in now. You're, you're a big citrus guy. When it's done right, though, when it's done right. Remember yeah. my warnings. Beware Not- the artificial citrus. Beware the citrus overpowering or adding too much sourness. But you guys have nailed it. So I'm all in. Give I me don't more. think I have ever been to a restaurant in Japan that has served karage, which is fried chicken, for those who don't know, Japanese fried chicken, with lime. It almost always comes with lemon, lemon and mayonnaise. I've never seen lime. So why lime and not lemon? I think lime adds that little bit of tang that's uh, a little bit lighter than just a straight lemon and I think would go very well with the, the yuzu, which is, I feel like, you know... Often people translate yuzu as Japanese lemon, but there's too much sweetness and uh, complexity in yuzu than, than just like a, a straight lemon. So for me, it's closer to something like lime, to be honest. If I catch anybody translating yuzu as Japanese lemon, that is that is criminal. It is a completely different fruit. It doesn't taste anything like lemon. They are on different points of the citrus triangle. I'm getting quite worked up here. Yeah, are you going to say this to them? Is that your idea? I am absolutely. I'm going to call the police. Right. In my capacity as a tour guide, I have to deal with things like this all the time because it appears Westerners sometimes can only appreciate things by analogy. So is this is how okonomiyaki is Japanese pizza. Your Japanese pancake is the oh, okay. one it's that's the one often, heard, which yeah. is just... It, it, you know, or Taro Okamoto is Japan's Picasso. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Yazawa is uh, Japan's Mick Jagger, and so on and so on. The list is almost endless. 
the Tokyo Tower is Japan's Eiffel Tower. Good pairings, good pairings this week. Now, as as we have mentioned a few times already, this is the 99th episode Spectacular. So I thought it might be quite fun to look back over the previous uh, 99 episodes and do a little quiz. Unfortunately, Tyler hasn't showed up today. So, Dan, you are going to have to take Tyler's role Great. in this quiz. Right. Um, Agent of chaos. Going to be asking uh, eight questions to the two of you. And, Mac, you might think you're at a disadvantage here, but I will tell you that Dan has never listened to this podcast. So, actually, you might be at an advantage. <laughs> you might remember more of it than he does. So, there are eight questions. Um, to buzz in, just say your name. Uh, first one to say the name uh, gets to answer the question first. Uh, if you get it wrong, then I will throw it over to the other person. Right. Uh, and I will, be, I will be keeping scores here. All okay. right? So just say your name to buzz in. Sakamichi Knight's quiz. Question number one. What beer or beers did we drink on our very first episode? Tyler. Go for it, Tyler. Uh, Shibasaki Session? No, that is not correct. Damn it. Mac, do you want to steal? No, uh, I'm going to call time on that. The first episode, which was uh, titled Valentine's Beers, we drank Kuhn Cake from Nomcraft and Chocolate Brownie Milk Stout from Two Rabbits. All right. Question... I, I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah, that's one for the real Sakamichi <laughs> heads there. Question number two. When was that episode recorded? I want a month and a year. Tyler. Go for it, Tyler. Uh, February 2020. No, that is not correct. Is it? Mac. Mac. February 2021. Correct. That is correct. One point for Mac. Oh, I really could have done the math there, couldn't I? It's <laughs> <a bit> foolish. <laughs> Question. I missed that many weeks. Question number three. Who holds the record for most appearances? Mac. Yes, Mac. Mac. Wait, no, he answered before ringing in. Tyler. Uh, Tyler, my answer is Mac. Uh, no, Mac, I said my name. Wait, no, I in. changed my answer. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, I changed my answer. Tyler, I'm ringing in. Okay, Mac, what is your answer to this question? Mac. Uh, that is incorrect. Uh, it's Matthew. Correct, it is me. It's Matthew. Yes. Uh, if you let me finish the question, who holds the record for most appearances on Sakamichi Nights? It's me, it's Matthew. I've been on every all 99 episodes. Dan has been on 96 episodes. Is it an appearance? Yeah, I didn't say guesting, um, so that's, oh. that's one point for Tyler slash Daniel. We're nice. on one each. Nice. The tension is palpable. Okay. Question number five. Who is responsible for our theme music? This person is credited in every single episode description as required by copyright law. Man, I remember the name. It's like Zebio or something like that. Are you that. buzzing in? Tyler. Yes, Tyler. Zebio. No, that is not correct. Uh, Mac. Let's try something like that. I'm going to pass. Uh, the answer is Zen Man. Yeah. Zen Man. Yeah, it was pretty was, close. It was in the neighborhood. Okay, we are tied on one point each. There are three questions remaining. Question number six. Who were the first guests to appear on the podcast? Guests. So there were two people on the same episode. All the instructions are in the question. Considering that you were in the room when this was recorded, Dan. Two years ago. <laughs> a lot has happened in my brain since then. And I'll give you a hint. Yes, there were two of them. Mac. Yes, Mac. 
the guys from the brewery down in Wakayama. I will accept that. Yes, it was Ben oh, and wow. Adam from Noncraft. That is extraordinary. Yes, you're correct. You can accept that. Takumi yes. was also there. I Was he? Did he say anything? I don't think he was there. He was there. Um, anyway, yes, Ben and Adam from Noncraft were the Half first guests. So two points to Mac, one point to Tyler oh, and Daniel. Shit. Question number seven. According to Anchor, what is the most listened to episode? Is this something we have any chance of guessing? I will say it's kind of obvious when you think about it. <laughs> it was the chip eating us episode. <laughs> Mac as a content creator. Mac. Yeah. The episode with that beer influencer girl. Claire. Uh, no, no, that's not correct. Dan, you have a chance to steal. Tyler, was it the episode where uh, Mac was promoting his uh, trash taste guy collaboration thing? Uh, no, it wasn't. It. Uh, it's it's the first ever episode. It's been out the longest, so it has the most listens. Also, people listen to that and go, you know what? No. <laughs> yeah, Enough. probably. Uh, number two was Derek Buston's appearance. Oh, okay. A lot of people wanted to hear what right. he had to say. Uh, that makes sense. All right, uh, so going into the final question, two points to Mac, one point to Tyler and Daniel. You could tie this up. I want to make this worth two points, and then I can win. Let's let's hear the question first. Okay. Uh, question number eight. Joe and Casey were our guests for the 50th episode Spectacular. How many of their other podcasts can you name? Mac. Yes. The Bean Pod. Good. Japan by River Cruise. No. Okay, so you've got one. You've named one. If you can name two of their other podcasts, you can tie this up. Then. Well, I'd like to answer the question. Uh, Tyler. Go ahead. Two. <laughs> now please name them. You look so pleased. Do I have to prove it, though? <laughs> yes, you do, yes. Uh, it's uh, Ishikawa Sea to Summit. And the other one. And the bean pod. Okay. Uh, but my answer to the question, again, is two. Uh, your answer to the question is actually one, because the podcast is called Ishikawa Summit to Sea. Close enough! And the bean pod. You gave him the one <laughs> the one with the guys from Gnomecraft. Uh, and, of course, record uh, Joe's solo. Uh, is this still happening? Nope. I see a lot of posts about that, right? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know we were I listening to defunct podcasts. Well, uh, anyway, yeah, you know what? I am going to give you that one. Two points. Yeah, you got one point for that. So it's a tie. It's two each. Tyler slash Daniel to Mac. Extremely good work. to both Excellent. Of you. Well done. We did it together. I, I hope all of you were playing along at home as well. Um, I would just like to call attention to Casey from the Beanpot, who is the one who sent in a question that I asked last week to Noah about what we mean when we talk about imperial beers. Uh, and I asked Noah the question, but then completely failed to credit Casey with sending it in. Mm. So sorry about that. That was his question. You should go and listen to his podcast, Podcasts, The Bean Pod and Ishikawa Summit to see if you can spare three hours of your life per week. Good work, both years. It's been an extraordinary two and a half years almost mm. of recording this podcast. Um, not three and a half years this time, I thought. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, hang on, I'm getting my sums wrong. Anyway, it's been, it's been a period of time that we've recorded this podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened and who has put up with our nonsense for 99 episodes. 
Um, we do this podcast to have fun and to interact with cool people. Uh, and that's really all it's about. So thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting with us. We really do enjoy doing it. Um, that's enough sincerity for this week. Dan, do we have any cool beers coming up in the fridge that you think people ought to know about? Oh, you bet we do. This is a hot one. Uh, Verter in Oktama, obviously a very popular brewery. Their stuff sells out quite quickly. Has done a collaboration with Inkhorn. Uh, Inkhorn is, is very, very popular. Much smaller, but very, very popular brewery right now. So they did the collaboration together. Uh, and the collaboration, they work together on two different recipes. So the version coming out of Inkhorn is a hazy IPA. And the version coming out of Verter is uh, just listed as an IPA. So West Coast IPA, American IPA, I'm not sure exactly. Um, but they released both of those in cans. And we managed to get both of them. Uh, so those should hit the shelves on Friday in here. Very limited numbers of those, and they are going to sell really quickly. Sometimes when we have stuff that's really popular, we try and spread it out over the weekend. Uh, we'll put some stuff on the shelves on Friday, some on the shelves on Saturday, some on the shelves on Sunday. So we might try and do that with this one, uh, but regardless of how we manage it, it is going to go real fast. Exciting. That is going to be an exciting one. Mac, do you have anything coming up that you think people should know about? From my perspective, it's just uh, head down and continuing to make sure that my tour guests have the absolute best time in Tokyo and where I can to squeeze in more podcast appearances to absolutely destroy Tyler. But seriously, thank you so much, guys, for always having me on the show. It's a real honor. Uh, it's a long way to come from central Tokyo to Tachikawa. Mm. But the quality of what you're producing and the experience down here in the tap room always makes it worth it. So keep doing what you're doing, guys. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and speaking of quality productions, we can't wait for our first appearance on Kanbai Planet. Really looking forward to that one. Mm. Uh, the people deserve to see these faces. Thank you very much for listening to this 99th episode of Spectacular, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you again next week for our regularly scheduled 100th episode.